Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Ireland's Vanishing Triangle. Ireland's Vanishing Triangle refers to the unexplained disappearances of six young women throughout the eastern and midland regions of the Republic of Ireland during the 1990s. However, it has long been suspected that numerous other cases may be linked to the aforementioned six cases. This podcast will consist of 10 episodes, one case will feature per episode, covering a period of 16 years between 1987 and 2003. So, if you are interested in unsolved mysteries, true crime and a little bit of history, then hopefully this podcast will be for you. On this the seventh episode of the series. I want to start in November 1995 with the unsolved disappearance of 21-year-old single woman Jojo Dullard, originally from County Kilkenny in the Irish Midlands. Now, just to quickly take you back to November 1995. 22 million people in Britain watched an interview with Princess Diana on the BBC. In one of the most famous interviews of all time, Princess Diana revealed many things to Martin Bashir about her personal life and life inside inside the royal family. On the 19th of November, the original Toy Story movie was released the first movie to be made entirely using computer animation. And in Irish news, a referendum took place that finally removed the constitutional amendment that banned divorce throughout the country. On the morning of the 9th of November, 95, a cold, blustery day with temperatures as low as zero degrees, Jojo Dullard left her hometown of Callan, County Kilkenny, by bus to go to Harold's Cross in South Dublin to collect a social welfare payment from the local post office, some 90 miles north of her home. Jojo had spent the previous few years living in Dublin while working as a waitress and beautician. However, by the winter of 95, she had decided to move back to Kilkenny, where she planned to start a new, more secure job working in a local pub named Dawson's. Jojo collected her payment before lunchtime that day, which left her at a loose end. As her bus home to Kilkenny was not due to leave until 6 so Jojo Dullard decided to go to Brussels pub on South Anne Street in Dublin city centre. Jojo wanted to see if any of her friends may be at the pub which she regularly visited while she lived in Dublin. Thankfully for Jojo when she arrived at the pub one of her friends was working behind the bar. Later at 2.30pm Jojo was joined by another friend. As the day went on it seemed 
it seems, 21-year-old Jojo lost track of time and missed her bus home to Kilkenny. However, it seems Jojo was determined to get home that night, despite the near 90-mile journey. At 9pm, she arrived at Bus Oris, the main bus depot in Dublin City, to see if she could get another bus that would take her close to home. Jojo soon boarded a bus that would take her to Nace, County Kildare, some 65 miles from her home. The driver of the bus later recalled to Gardaí that at 10pm when the bus reached Nace, he had to wake Jojo so she could get off the bus. At this time of night, Nace would have been mostly deserted, but Jojo was able to get a, get a lift from an, from an elderly man who took her as far as Kilcullen, some 50 miles from home. In Kilcullen, Jojo was able to hitch another lift, this time from a younger man who picked Jojo up and drove her the short distance to the nearby village of Moon, leaving Jojo some 45 miles from home. Moon is a small village with a population under 500 people. When Jojo reached the village that night at 11.30pm, it would have been mostly deserted and almost completely dark. One of the few bright lights in Moon that night would have been the public phone box. Here Jojo Dullard called her friend Mary Cullinan whilst also attempting to hitch a lift home. Soon after calling her friend, Jojo managed to flag down a car. She quickly informed Mary Cullinan that she had got a lift, said goodbye and hung up the phone. Shockingly, this would be the last time any of Jojo Dullard's friends or family would speak to her. There is now a plaque at the phone box in Moon where Jojo called her friend. However, Moon may not be the last place she was seen in that night. There is five witness reports from the Kildare village of Castle Dermot some four miles south of Moon at roughly 11.50pm. To drive between the two villages would take 10 minutes so for what it is worth the timeline of Jojo being picked up in Moon at 11.40 and then being in Castle Dermot at 11.50pm does match up with the five witnesses accounts. One of the witnesses reported seeing a woman matching Jojo's description walking up the main street of the village towards County Carlow. Jojo actually had a friend in Carlow and she had previously told Mary Cullinan that if she couldn't make it to Kilkenny that night she would stay with her friend in Carlow. If it was Jojo in Castle Dermot that night the person or persons who drove her there have never came forward to Gardaí despite widespread appeals. The following day, Friday the 10th of November, 
Jojo's sister, Kathleen, got a phone call from Dawson's pub saying that Jojo had not arrived for work that day. This was extremely unusual for Jojo Dullard. So Kathleen spoke with Mary Cullinan to see if she knew where Jojo was. Mary told Kathleen about the phone call that she had with Jojo the previous night. When Kathleen was told about Jojo hitching a lift from the village of Moon, she was immediately very concerned and feared something sinister may have happened. Kathleen then contacted Jojo's friend in Carlo to see if she had spent the night there. Unfortunately, Jojo had not spent the night in Carlo. Kathleen then phoned the Gardaí and was told Jojo was 21 and may have gone back to Dublin. Kathleen contacted the Gardaí three more times that weekend and was given a similar response. Due to these unexplainable inactions, Kathleen went to the Garda station herself and told them if a bank had been robbed you would be out with checkpoints but so far you have done nothing for my sister. Hard to see how anyone could argue with that point. <clears throat> it is not known if Kathleen's words compelled the Gardaí to act but they did eventually launch an investigation. However, it was not until Monday the 13th of November that appeals for information on Jojo Dullard's whereabouts began circulating on television, radio and in the newspapers. Some 60 hours since Jojo was first reported missing to Gardaí by her sister Kathleen. The search for Jojo Dullard was extensive but many close to the investigation felt that the search began too late and that vital time was given to Jojo's abductor or abductors that allowed them to cover their tracks. The Gardaí took over 800 statements, had over 2,000 questionnaires completed. Several men that drove through the village of Moon on the 9th of November were questioned and they conducted a large-scale search of the vicinity. Clearly, when the Gardaí decided to act, the investigation was thorough and extensive. Jojo's family have spoken about how well the Gardaí helped them once the investigation began. It was just that the initial response was so wrong. Now welcome back and thank you for listening for so long.
During the investigation, a senior Garda told Jojo's sister, Mary Phelan, about an area of private land where they believed Jojo may be buried. This belief was based on the fact that an individual who had access to the private land gave two conflicting statements to Gardy about their whereabouts on the night Jojo Dullard vanished. Gardy discovered that this individual was in Moon around the time Jojo was, having earlier been in nearby County Offaly. Unfortunately, this information was not enough to secure a search warrant for the private land. However, this particular man, a local to a village in South Kildare, close to Moon, was approached by a private detective hired by Jojo's family. The private detective spoke to this individual under the pretense that he was a lost tourist looking for directions to a golf course. The individual was described as dishevelled and had a large, somewhat fresh wound on their face that looked like it was caused by a fingernail dragging down their face. As of today, this man has never been arrested in relation to Jojo Dullard's disappearance. Some 15 months after Jojo was last seen, the Gardaí were contacted by a Waterford-based taxi man. In the early morning of the 10th of November, 95, at 1.30am, he was driving through an area known as Kill Macau, just north of Waterford City, some 55 miles south of the village of Moon, when he spotted a man on the side of the road urinating next to a parked red Ford Sierra car that had British registration plates. As the taxi man drove past the parked car, a woman suddenly ran from the back seat of the car in her bare feet. Then a second man exited the car, grabbed the woman by the hair and dragged her back to the car. The car then drove off in the direction of Waterford City. The fact it took the taxi man over 15 months to come forward with this information was of great frustration to the guardie. Far too much time had passed for any forensic evidence to be gathered and the chances of, of finding any reliable witnesses would be almost impossible. The taxi man said the reason he didn't come forward sooner was because he wanted to report the incident to a Pacific Garda he knew, but the Garda was on holidays at the time. He then said he had a busy Christmas, which meant he couldn't report the incident, and was later advised not to go to get involved in the investigation by someone close to him. None of which seems acceptable when you consider the seriousness of the crime. A third report received by the Gardaí came from a woman who was driving through Moon at the time Jojo Dullard was hitching a lift. As the woman drove 
by the phone box, she saw a woman matching Jojo's description running from the phone box into the back seat of a four-door car. The witness thought the car could have been a red-slash-wine-coloured Toyota Carina. A car that looks very similar to the Ford Sierra mentioned by the taxi man. Although the witness could not be sure of the car model, they were adamant that they saw the woman who fitted Jojo's description getting in to the back seat of the car. The media have long speculated that the reason why the woman got into the back seat of the car was because there was already someone else in the passenger seat of the car. Clearly, this is the most likely reason. Just to mention some other less likely possibilities. Maybe the person was putting something into the back seat of the car, such as a bag. Jojo did have a black rucksack with her. Or perhaps there was something already on the passenger seat, such as a baby's car seat or carrier, which would allow the driver to appear non-threatening. Following Jojo's disappearance, nine arrests were made by Gardi, including two men who were living in the Waterford area during November '95. Unfortunately, the witness testimony that led to these arrests turned out to be false and no charges could be pursued. Although two of the people arrested remain suspects. <coughs> Despite it being unlikely, Gardy did investigate the possibility that Jojo Dullard knew her abductor. Through this line of inquiry, the Gardaí discovered that a certain individual named David Lawler frequented Brussels pub, the pub Jojo was in the day she vanished, and where she often hung out with friends. Lawler was arrested in January 1996 for the brutal murder of Marilyn Wren, which took place on the 21st of December 95 in the West Dublin suburb of Blanchardstown, of Blanchardstown, just six weeks after Jojo vanished. Although he was living in Dublin by the mid-90s, Lawler, a first cousin of the notorious Larry Murphy, had grown up in Baltonglass, County Wicklow, which is just six miles from the village of Moon. Eventually, the Gardaí were able to eliminate Lawler from their inquiries through ATM and personal computer records. However, his cousin, Larry Murphy, also from the Bolton Glass area, remains a suspect for Jojo's abduction. As the years passed and the investigation unfortunately went cold, Jojo's family, and in particular her sister, Mary Phelan, managed to keep the case prominent and in the news cycle. Mary and the rest of Jojo's family launched numerous campaigns, enlisted the help of the then Irish president, Mary McAleese, 
had a monument placed at the phone box in Moon for Jojo and it is said that their efforts helped prompt the Gardaí into setting up Operation Trace. The family also received great help from the Kilkenny-based politician John McGuinness, who helped bring the attention of the Irish Parliament to Jojo's case, amongst other things. <clears throat> On the 19th of November 2020, the Gardaí announced that the investigation into Jojo Dullard's disappearance had been upgraded to a murder investigation almost 25 years after the after the 21 year old vanished exactly a year after the investigation was upgraded a report emerged concerning a truck driver and their passenger the two men were driving through the village of moon on the night jojo vanished when they saw a woman running through the village naked and screaming The driver of the truck tried to approach the woman in an effort to help her, but every time he did, the woman ran away as she was so terrified. The man then called the guardie from the phone box in Moon. The guardie told him not to worry, it will be grand, we will send out a car. Three days later, the man read the reports about Jojo Dullard and went to the Gardaí to give them a statement. But he was told it was not needed and that the woman he saw in Moon was not Jojo but another woman because Jojo had last been seen in Castle Dermot. Some 26 years after Jojo vanished, the man was asked to go to Nace Garda Station to make a statement due to a cold case review by the Gardaí after the case was upgraded. By November this year, Jojo Dullard will be missing for 28 years. Jojo is described as 5 foot 4, blue eyed, slim, with dark shoulder length hair. When last seen, she was wearing a black jacket, a shirt, blue jeans and black boots. Jojo also had a black rucksack and a Sanyo Walkman with headphones in her possession. Anyone with information that could help solve this case is urged to contact NACE Garda Station on 0458483000. Crime Stoppers on 1800-250-025 or the Garda Confidential Line on 1800-666-1 Most importantly, this podcast and episode is dedicated to Jojo Dullard. On the next episode, I'll be covering another missing persons case, this time from August 1996. Thank you for listening.